Welcome to the Property Unleashed podcast, a show about property, entrepreneurship, and personal development. This show is designed to give you the foundations and building blocks to move forward on your journey and live a more inspired life. Hello and welcome to the Property Unleashed podcast with me, Mark Fitzgerald. So, purchase lease options are a fantastic tool to have in your property investing toolkit. Now, what do I mean by a tool? Well, you could say, I'm going to go into property and I'm going to start with purchase lease options. And we'll get on to what they are if you're not 100% sure what they are at the moment, but they are a fantastic tool to use, not so much a strategy. Now, you can go out there and just try and find purchase lease options on the market. And of course, they are there, but they are relatively rare. It's not like a unicorn or anything like that, but it can take a lot to find a good purchase lease option opportunity. So what I do recommend to people, particularly people I'm coaching and things like that is have it as a tool in your property toolkit. So myself, I've done purchase lease options. I do rent to rent as well, and I've also bought properties. But why not have a full sort of toolkit when you go into any situation to see what works for you? At the end of the day, The easiest way to describe a purchase lease option is basically it's a rent to rent, but you're going to agree with the owner of the property to buy the property at at a certain time for a certain amount. They are fantastic, fantastic tools to use to gain traction, to start building up your own property portfolio. But you need to make sure, as with anything else out there in business, in property, in what you're doing, setting yourself up in the right way, setting yourself up for success. So what do I mean? So let's first of all just cover what a purchase lease option is. So if you go and and meet a landlord or a vendor, a homeowner or anybody like that, and you agree to buy, buy their property in the future, not now, okay? So it won't work for everybody. So if you go and see somebody trying to sell their property and you say to them, I'm going to buy your property in in five years time for the amount that you want, but they need the money now, it's not going to work. You're going to be trying to put, you know, a square peg in a round hole, so to speak. So you've got to make sure that it's right for them as well. Now, As we go into difficult times, and difficult times always mean that the property market could become stagnant. It's been a seller's market the last couple of years. It's now all of a sudden going to switch and become a buyer's market. And this is where purchase lease options can work as a fantastic strategy. Why? Because sometimes there's no money in the property. So the landlords may be saying, for argument's sake in my area, they're trying to sell a property. They're trying to sell a house for £200,000. Why? Well, maybe they bought it for £200,000. They haven't got an interest-free mortgage, so they've never actually paid anything off. There's no equity in the property, yet the market may only mean that the property's worth 180, 170. Why? Because maybe Maybe it needs some work doing. Maybe it needs a few thousand pounds spending on it. These people haven't got any money. So it means that they're trying to sell a property for 200,000 pounds, which maybe it's worth, but because it's a little run down and it needs a bit of work, it's not actually worth that in the state that it's in. But they haven't got any money to put into it. So in that case, then we can actually speak to them. And if it's a property that we wanted to take on, They can't sell it for less because if their mortgage basically means that uh, it's worth £200,000, they pay £200,000 less deposit, 
they're pretty much trying to just break even to get rid of the property because they can't rent it out because it's in a bad state. All of a sudden, we can potentially come in there and say to them, we can remove the hassle from them. OK, so we can go in there. We can offer them potentially 200,000 pounds. That's for you to negotiate, obviously, the market price and everything like that. But you think about it. If that house in a good state of repair will be worth £200,000 now, in a few years' time, three years, four years, five years, potentially even seven years, don't go past seven. Otherwise, you have to start changing things with legal documentations, and that's for another video. But don't go past seven. Three to five can be a bit of a sweet spot, really. So at the end of the day, you could agree and lock a price in now to buy this for this price in five years' time. You could take the asset off them now, and you can pay them a guaranteed rent or you could cover their mortgage costs just so that they can walk away. And you can then in turn put a bit of money into it yourself, get some nice tenants in there. If it's an HMO, you might do it up, fully tenant it, be able to pay them out of the profit that you're going to make as well. At the end of the day, the property stays in their name until you take up the option to buy the property off of them. But you've got three to five years if that's what you agree to buy it off them, okay? So in a sense, you can do this on any sort of property you like. You've just got to find the people that need this sort of help. And as I say, if they need the money now, so let's just say they have got equity in it and they want the money and they want the equity out now to, to pay for a holiday, buy a car, whatever, whatever they've got in life, then at the end of the day, it's not gonna work. So don't try and force that sort of tool, as, as I keep saying, onto them because it just won't work. But if they are, having problem with their equity if they don't need the money now if it's just going to sit in the bank and not make them any money any interest on it then you paying a rent each month to them a guaranteed rent as well could be worth more to them in the long run so a purchase lease option at upfront fees can be anything as little as a pound OK, I've done them. I've never paid a pound. I've normally always paid a bit of a deposit. And again, that's for you to negotiate with the landlord, with the vendor, with the homeowner, whoever that is. OK, at the end of the day, but the minimum you have to put down is a pound. Now, what you need to be careful of when you're doing purchase lease option is making sure that you set yourself up for success and you use solicitors to make sure that these agreements are legally binding agreements and they work for both parties. What you don't want to do is lie to people, bamboozle people, potentially take a property off them without telling them what you're going to do with their property. You know, if you were going to go in there and take a normal house, convert it into an HMO, and you weren't going to tell them that you were going to be changing the doors, putting fire doors in, smoke detectors, fire alarms, everything that you need to be compliant, then that's probably a little bit naughty. Uh, and I wouldn't recommend that at all. They need to know what you're gonna do. They need to know how you're gonna make your money. Then they need to be on the same page as you because they need to be able to say, yes, I give you permission to do that with my property, okay? And they are. this is a great strategy, but also be careful depending on the amount of money you're gonna put into it because it is still somebody else's property. And yes, you are gonna do contracts with solicitors and you have to have a solicitor that represents you and a solicitor that represents them as well so that both parties 
can set this up correctly. In which case, if this ever went to court, nobody could say, well, you just gave me that solicitor, I used that solicitor, and so did you as well, and they basically were on side with you, and it can get thrown out, and you can lose the option, you could lose some money. If they've got their own representation, and they've got their own specialist helping them, but they have to be property specialists, not just your normal high street solicitors, okay? They have to have property specialist solicitors. And if you need any help with this, I have property specialist solicitors that I can send you their details. But really what you want to do is you want to say to them, here's a list of property specialist solicitors that we need to use to do this sort of agreement. Why? Because they know exactly how this works. Uh, another solicitor might say they do, but they probably don't overall unless they have done these things before. These guys have. And I would say to them, you pick any one of these, okay? Don't matter which one you pick, they will represent you and I will cover the fees as well. Again, that's optional, but I cover the fees for the solicitors. Also, if the house is on the market, I will speak to the letting agents or estate agents, should I say, and I will say that I will cover your fee as well. Now, this could start to get a bit expensive, but at the end of the day, you've got to get people on side. And if you can get a good estate agent on side you pay them their fees sharpish because obviously they don't make their fees until the property's sold now if you're planning on buying it in five years time they're not going to earn their money for five years that's no good to them that's no good to them at all so they need to be paid so always have a little look and see how much their fees are and pay them and when you pay them, you want to be saying, have you got any more properties where potentially the vendors or the landlords are in the same position because I can do the same and I can pay you a fee again. Imagine if you're going to make thousands of pounds, hundreds of thousands of pounds buying these properties in the future and you're just paying a grand or two out here or there just to A, cover solicitor's fees and B, cover estate agent's fees. And it doesn't even have to be your money. You can actually get investors involved as well if you're building this and growing this as a portfolio. Now, there's a few things that you need to be careful of. And when you come in into any deal and you're doing contracts, you want to make sure that you're not just running backwards and forwards to and from the solicitors saying, we need to add this. We need to put that clause in. We need, this is the amount. That's the amount. What you need to do is you need to sit down with whoever owns the property and go through what is called a heads of terms agreement. Now, this agreement is where you agree the price. You agree the duration of the actual deal. You agree if there's any works that need doing on the property. Who's paying for them and do they give you permission to be able to do these works? You also agree the time frame of the contract. So you might say that within five years I'll buy it, but after three years I, I can then take up the option. You need to agree what you're going to pay them as a deposit up front. Um, you need to also agree what your monthly fee will be if you're doing a purchase lease option. You can, of course, just do a purchase option which doesn't mean that you're leasing it, which doesn't mean you have to pay a monthly fee. Now, a lot of deal sources will do a purchase option just to basically hold the property so that the property cannot just be sold to anybody else. They're locking in an agreement with who owns the property to then go and sell that, so to speak, that agreement and that price off to an investor. And that locks the agreement in place from, again, that's another video. But we're talking about purchase lease options. And that is where we are going to lease the property from the owner over a period of time. Now, you can, of course, take a normal house, 
see if you can convert it into an HMO, depending on planning in your area, depending on Article 4. You can take a flat, you can do this with anything realistically, but you could look at converting it into a serviced accommodation, house, flat, whatever your strategies are. Again, just let, make sure that the owners are agreeing to whatever you're going to do. If you're going to turn it into a serviced accommodation, so if it's just going to be an empty property, maybe you're going to spruce it up a bit and then you're going to add the furniture and everything and then let it out as a holiday let, that is perfect as well. And it's less work than if you're going to try and convert a property into a, an HMO, a house of multiple occupation, where you rent all the rooms out on an individual level. What I would say is if you're going to do a purchase lease option or my opinion, if you're going to do a purchase lease option on an HMO, try and get an existing HMO. So something obviously the landlord doesn't live at and it's very, very easy then to give it a spruce up, but it should already have a license. It should already have fire doors and everything in place as well. It might just need sprucing up new furniture and things and it's a lot more cost effective for you to do. Again, if you're going to start converting properties, start putting on suites in properties and things like that, a purchase lease option should work. You may need to look at doing it in a bit more of a, a structured way so it's more concrete, in which case then you might look at purchasing the property with a delayed completion date and just have that delayed completion date out there. Obviously, you need to have a look at your own circumstances and you need to see what best suits you. But a purchase lease option is great if you're just doing a light refurb and you're going to get out there, start making your money. Make sure that the owners make their money and it's a win-win for everybody. So what else do you need? Well, you need to make sure on your heads of terms agreement that your details are on there and that their details are correct and on there as well. You need to have the property, the address of the property. You need to see if the property has a mortgage. You need to know who that mortgage company is and what the mortgage account number is in case anything happens in the future and you need to speak to that mortgage provider. Potentially, if the landlord was going to default on paying the mortgage while you had the option, you could look in turn to speak to the mortgage company and take over paying the mortgage on their behalf so that there's no repossessions and your deal stays intact. You need to lock in your agreed price. Now, if you're paying a deposit, maybe you're paying a few thousand pounds, normally whatever deposit you pay comes off the end price. So at the end of the day, it's just money in the bank, so to speak. But what you can do, and it, there's different ways of doing things, but you can actually get hold of a property, pay them a deposit. Then you can pay a monthly fee. Now, if you're going to pay a monthly fee over the next five years and then buy the property, and again, it doesn't have to be you that buys a property. You can actually use the option and assign it to somebody else as long as you make sure your option is assignable. Okay, so if you came to the end of the term and you thought to yourself, I don't actually want to buy this, but maybe I want to keep managing it. And I know a few investors that want to buy it. You want to make sure that in the contract, you can assign okay, it to somebody else to be able to purchase it. So you want to add that into the contract. But you want to make sure that you've agreed the monthly fee either comes off the end price or the monthly fee is just paying for things and the landlord's happy with it that way. So I have a couple of deals. I have one where the monthly fee that I pay each month actually comes off the end price. So in effect, that's my deposit and everything and should be relatively close to a no money down deal. I always say no money down with a pinch of salt because at the end of the day, 
it's going to cost me solicitor's fees. It's going to cost me, you know, estate agent fees. It's going to cost me a few bits and bobs here if a estate agent, of course, are involved. So it's not exactly no money down, but it's very little money down. And what I'm paying is coming off of the end price. I also have another one where it's not coming off the end price. Now you could say, well, coming off the end price, money coming down, paying each month. That is what I want to be doing. And so do I. But at the end of the day, not everybody wants to do that deal with you. So don't lose a deal by getting greedy, by by just trying to force things to happen. If you're happy that the fee that you're paying the landlord is good, they're happy and they're happy it's good for them. You're also making good profit on it. And you know you've got this asset now that you're taking care of and will be yours in the future. Or you can assign it and sell it on to an investor potentially for a fee as well. So you can make money there. Plenty of different ways to make money in all of these. But you've just got to make sure that you set yourself up, as I always say, successfully in the right manner. And that means getting yourself educated a lot of the time, speaking to the right people, speaking to people that specialize in this, the people that do this, have been there and done it and get out there, spend a bit of money on your own education and make sure you know what you're doing because it will save you so much money in the long run. I see people all the time asking for contracts, asking for agreements for purchase lease options on social media. Those are the amateurs and they're going to get stung because they're going to sign a piece of paper that's not worth the paper it's printed on at the end of the day. You need to make sure you've got solicitors doing this for you and it's a win-win for all parties. And try to never get yourself into a purchase lease option or a purchase option if you're not A, going to buy it yourself or B, assign it onto somebody else and take the property on. Okay, because it's not really ethical. It's not really fair on the owner of the property as well. At the end of the day, if they want to get rid of it, we need to make sure that we are intending to take the property off their hands. Now, things happen in life. And of course, if we did ever not take the option up and have to give the property back to the homeowner, we want to make sure again, that we give the property back in as good a standard as we get it, if not better. We want to give it back to them with a smile on their face so they can just go off and sell it and do what they like if we do not take the option up, okay? But we always want to make sure that we are taking the options up. At the end of the day, we want to be ethically right in what we're doing. So make sure that you go into these with the full intention of purchasing, of going, following through with exactly what it is you say that you're going to do. So again, on your heads of terms, you're going to lock in your deposit. It could be a pound. It could be a thousand pounds. It could be a bit more. You're going to lock in any other terms that you both want, any other options that you want. When is the date that you can actually start to buy this property? When is the closing date that you need to have it bought by? Have some deadlines in there. Have it all laid out as clear as possible and make sure that you get it on a heads of terms before you start giving it to solicitors. Solicitors can then go and draw these up in their contractual language and get it all in place for you. But if you have to keep adding bits, changing bits, doing this, solicitors will start charging you. They might do a one or two changes initially, but after that, they'll start charging you for every change. And that can be about £100 or more. Every time they have to do it, it could get very, very costly. So those heads of terms are really what you want to sit down potentially a couple of times with the landlord uh, or with the vendor and go through and say, right, this is what we've agreed. Make sure they've got a copy of it. And before anybody else finishes anything, you go through it line by line. You make sure you're both happy and then you both sign and date it preferably with a witness as well. And then you give it to the solicitors. Both have a copy. And then if something does need changing, hey, 
that's life. But nine times out of 10, you'll have everything locked into place. So a purchase lease option is a fantastic tool to use if you're getting out there and property investing. If you're doing rent to rent, again, you can do a purchase lease option with any other landlord you're working with. How? All you have to do is ask them one question. Would you be interested in selling your property in the future? And if they say yes, then potentially you can lock it in then. You can do a purchase lease option with a landlord now and they may say, well, the property is probably going to be worth more in the future. Yes, of course. But you can also play that back and say, it, potentially, it might be worth less as well. So if we locked in the agreement now, you know exactly what it is you're getting. You can do it so that potentially, if there is an uprise in house prices, they get 25% of it or something like that working with them. But if house prices come down, they lose that 25% of whatever that house price going up or down is. So there's swings and roundabouts. There's loads of different ways to negotiate things. But what I always say to people, particularly when you're starting out, is keep things simple. If you need help with any of this, we have a deal analyzing spreadsheet. We have rent to rent guides. We have serviced accommodation guides. We have free masterclass training. Just visit thepropertyunleashed.com and you will be able to get free tools and resources and training there to help you on all of these things. Of course, we also have the Property Unleashed podcast, which is all about entrepreneurship, mindset, property investing, and of course, different strategies, different tools to use in property. So you can really broaden your horizons there. I offer coaching and mentoring as well to help people get out there, to help people build their property portfolios in whatever strategies and whatever manner they want to do. So I hope this has given you some sort of idea about purchase lease options, the power of them. Okay, and we'll cover some more videos and some more episodes in the future on this as well. We'll go into a bit more deal sourcing because I know people are really interested in deal sourcing as well and how you can actually use purchase options to help you on your deal sourcing to make sure that you can get the deals over the line and that nobody bamboozles you in the future. And if you've enjoyed this video, then please feel free to comment below, like or share, and then we'll know that you're interested in purchase lease options and I can put some more information out for you to be able to follow to help you on your property investing journeys. We have episodes on this channel coming out twice a week. We have interviews with specialists in all sorts of different areas as well. So be sure to subscribe, like and share this. And if you can leave a five star review anywhere you're watching it or listening to this, then that's really, really appreciated as well. Reach out to me on social media, Facebook or Instagram. I will never message you, but feel free to message me and we can start chatting. And again, visit thepropertyunleashed.com as we have some fantastic free training, tools and resources there. And we also have paid for training and coaching as well, if that's what you need. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe and share the podcast with others. And if you could take a minute to leave the show a review, that would really mean a lot to me as well. Lastly, why not head over to the Property Unleashed Facebook group? And if you do, I'll see you there. Take care and make sure you keep focusing on your vision. Bye for now.